0: it's showtime folks enjoy the show
1: and a fine saturday morning to the two of you
0: good morning, good
1: morning mr <laughs> nelson how are you i'm good i am good it's saturday morning so, and i don't feel rested <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i could go right to bed yes. now oh that's right i know just woke up ready for bed already how are you two what's going on anything exciting in your movie lives let's see movie lives wow no wow. oh well oh, yeah yeah no, is there I'm, such a thing right now yeah it's a busy
2: time here, so i'm i'm relegated to tv stuff i can do and so we're finally because we didn't have hbo for a while with the hbo max so we're you know finishing off game of thrones and last last oh. night was the last episode of season seven and a lot of our friends are like just stop there just stop there. Don't go any farther. Just stop there. You're fine. And I'm like, I know, but I know what I'm in for. So I know it's going to be rough and yeah, I will, surely. you know, I will make my way through that. Yes.
3: You should, you should take note, like, like where you think it would yeah. go, how it should yeah. end, like make your own headcanon. Yeah. Before you go in and watch it, and then at the end, just like come back, come back here on the show, and then like we'll compare notes, like where you thought it was going to end up versus where it ended up. I'm, I'm
1: curious if uh, if George R. R. Martin actually has any idea where he ever wanted
3: it to end, because I yeah. I'd love to yeah, know yeah. one day that would be right. nice. And we're, yeah, now we're getting and now uh, getting to news that basically we we now have a spinoff. So basically, there's going to be a new Game of Thrones television series coming here in the next couple of months. They're actually right, filming. because right they
2: now. had one. Because I saw an article that said, oh, here's some of the footage from the pilot that they started shooting for the first thing that they were going to do, like Naomi Watts or something, and then that got canned. And now they've got the second right. one that they're doing. That Because I think one, the one they're doing now is
1: House
3: of the Dragon, right?
2: Right, is it is it yeah, after? House of the Dragon, which is, the, is it a prequel? No, it's, it's a prequel. Pre, it's a, pre, it's pre- prequel, a prequel, right, yeah. Yeah,
3: so it's about Daenerys' oh, right. ancestors. Yes, exactly. I'm not sure how far back, though. Yeah. I haven't done that much research into it. Once you finish Game of Thrones, I highly recommend reading uh, Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon, The Making of Game of Thrones. It's a warts and all story about like how they went from inception all the way to finishing it off. And you... Don't know the size of that show until you read that book, and you really get to see how massive an operation it really was by the time they got to that last yeah. season.
1: Just a, a crazy amount of work and people and locations, like going oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. and just so you know, it is three hundred years before the event. Oh, three hundred years. Okay. okay. Yeah.
3: All right. All right. So it's not. It's not her parents. It's, it's like sort a of like Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Okay. Great. And that's like yeah.
1: one of the many spin-offs that are in development because there's. There's yeah. that. They're also talking about uh, tales of Dunkin' Egg, ten thousand ships, yep. nine voyages, yep. flea bottom, and then an animated series.
3: Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I mean, it's it. It was big
1: business yeah. for oh, HBO, yeah. so they're trying to yeah. spin it into a franchise. Hey, you Got to do what you can, I guess. Yeah. Can't blame them no, for that. poor all. HBO people have so much to compete with nowadays.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there yeah. wasn't the other.
1: They were the big, the the big oh, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So we're
2: actually we're doing that, and then we sort of dipped our toe into what is it shadow and bone the netflix one. Oh, that's based yeah on the I've, book I've, that's series. on my list to get to so, as well
3: how is that so far
2: don't start what if you're me don't start watching an episode at 9 30 because there, it is an awesome world there's the first couple there's a there's a lot of dialogue and, and things like that and so at like 10 15 it's like Oh wait, I, what did I miss? So, <laughs> yeah. oh, so at oh, the I beginning, because there's so many characters <laughs> in the world, and all, and it's setting things up, and I can see all the pieces. You know, yeah, they've got to establish those things. But it's a very cool world, interesting characters. You know, diverse uh, type of world and everything. So yeah, no, it looks like it's going to be really, really cool.
1: Have, Just, have either of you, know, you read the books that it's uh, based on? No, yeah, no, nope. picked it up either. though. Picked up yeah. the
2: the book, so it's on my reading list. After. After I get through the Goldfinch, which we just recorded the episode on uh, Trailer Rewind for, and neither Tommy nor JJ, or I had read the book. And so I thought, well, ah, maybe, uh, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning novel, maybe I should.
1: <laughs> it's got to be better than the movie. I, I don't know. I didn't see yeah. the movie. That- yet, and I haven't heard your show, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm very <laughs> curious what everybody thinks about that one. It's interesting. Uh, with Shadow
3: and Bone, I, I had a similar experience with His Dark Materials. Oh, okay. And I, the same yeah. kind of thing. The first couple episodes are so yeah. dense. With what's going on, that after about the third episode, I was like, I am not in a headspace for this now. So I just sort of put it aside. So I want to get back to it because it was really good, but it was like so much info dump uh, to just to catch up on what's right, going yeah. on in the world that I, I just couldn't couldn't <laughs> process it at yeah, the time. Right, well, right.
2: speaking of of large worlds and sort of prequel series. This was announced, I don't know, maybe two years ago, or whatever, in the John Wick universe, a TV show oh. about the Continental. Well, there's more information about this because it's actually going to be uh, not contemporaneous with the John Wick movies. It's going to go back to explore the history of the hotel back in the 70s. So we'll spend a little bit of time with uh, Ian McShane's character, Winston, and his history with that. So I think that's... That's always fun. Uh, I mean, it does eliminate some of that sort of dramatic tension of like, what's going to happen to this character? We're like, well, we know Winston's not going to die because clearly he's going to have to make it for the movies. Uh, but I'm intrigued to, to get a little bit more backstory. Because for me, it's not maybe not necessarily about the character of Winston, but the world that he's going to inhabit, what goes on in the Continental, all of those things. So it's, I think, a great approach to doing something within that, that universe. Because that's one of the things that stood out for me is... John Wick gives us, you know, his his story but there's it did such a great job of world building. Like who are all these other characters? They're really intriguing. What are their stories? What is going on in this world that, you know, John, you know, extricated himself from. So to to go back into that in the series, uh I'm I'm looking forward to this hopefully, you know, <laughs> coming to fruition being on the screen we can spend some time back in that world.
3: It was interesting to to hear how they went about it, too, because they had sort of had that idea and then kind of had a bake-off. So they had a bunch of writers pitching what that show should be. So they didn't come into it having, here's what the show should be. They went, hey, we wanted to think about the Continental. What do you got? And they all sort of pitched their own thing. And so the, the one who won, essentially, had an idea of three 90 minute specials that would then go back in the seventies and tell about how the other. And so they, that was the one that they went with. So it's interesting, not only that, that was the idea that one, but also that format. Yes. Yeah. that's that's i mean like the, it's really embracing the sort of weird nebulous world of streaming now where you can make the show as long as you want and have it released whenever you want because who knows what works anymore well
2: that's you know that sort of approach reminded me of the BBC series Sherlock because it's like oh you know episode 1 i'm like no that's a 90 minute you know, episode it's it's basically you're getting a movie per episode and it gives you that expansive time to to tell some stories and the fact that it's then a series, you can tell a much larger story. You get time to really delve into characters and and weave some complex character arcs and plots. So yes, I love that because try to, you know, wrap things up in the you know forty to sixty minutes, sometimes it can feel a little rushed.
1: I'm curious about it. I, I don't know if I'm excited yet, but uh, but it's piqued my curiosity. I guess that's. I know yeah.
2: you've got quibbles. You'll have your quibbles.
1: <laughs> me and my quibbles. There's always a few. Yes. Yeah. You well, know, it doesn't stop me from being ridiculously overpraising for things at the same time, even
3: when I have quibbles. So, <laughs> so maybe and I'll. He, love and it. <laughs> yes, your quibbles
2: replicate like tribbles. Sometimes I have to say. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> and these triple quibbles.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, uh, okay, so let's see. We got those, we got that potential thing going on, and then Marvel, of course, dropped this new. Uh, it's kind of a, a, I don't know. It felt like a praise of Marvel. Like, look at all the great stuff you know we've been doing, and it, I mean, it's really fun. As I mean, a, a very enjoyable, emotional watch. I loved, I love checking it out, and then all of a sudden, we really start getting into like at about the halfway point all of the new release dates. I mean, it kicks off with Black Widow, of course, and then Shang-Chi, the Eternals, and then it just kind of keeps snowballing and we go into 2023. It's crazy. Uh, Kyle, you've got all the dates in front of you, don't you?
3: I do. Uh, yeah, it was it was a really good trailer because there, there's a, been a couple of these that have come out recently. The Fast and Furious one that came out was really good too because it was Vin Diesel, not really in character, talking about the power of the movies. And it that seems really cheeseball, but like, it really got to me. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah." like, you really feel like the power of the movies and how much I've missed that going into the theater and doing it. And now, with this one, Marvel, yeah, they are celebrating themselves, but, it also starts out with Stan Lee talking about coming together in community, and your and like the the guy on your right is your brother, and the woman on your left is your sister, and like it's about <laughs> coming together. And I was like, "Yes, yeah, Stan, it is about coming together." Uh, and then yeah, then they start hitting us with the the info. So a little bit, little couple clips of Black Widow, of course, but we've had right, a trailer for that. Same thing with Shang Chi, we had a trailer for that too. And then the very first footage of Eternals, which we have seen nothing about, uh, and so we got to see. Angelina Jolie. It's like, it's it still boggles my mind right. sometimes when yes. these people show up and you go, oh, they're part of the MCU yeah. now. Like, <laughs> I mean, Kumal Nanjiani is in the MCU, and, and you know, it's like, oh, right, of course, yeah. Uh, so we got to see just a, just a little little clip of, of, of Eternals, and so uh, I've already seen people trying to deep dive of, like, the 30 seconds of footage that are in there. Uh, And then that was the last of the new footage. After that, it was just a series of title cards. So Spider-Man No Way Home coming out December 17th, 2021. And then Doctor Strange and now in March 25th of 2022. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder, actually, that's their big one for May of 2022. And then uh, we actually had some official title changes. So the big ones were, it's not Black Panther 2, it's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And that comes out July 8th, 2022. And we don't know what that story is yet, but it's interesting that they have they're not are not calling it, not putting a number on it. They're calling it Wakanda Forever, which makes us think that it'll be more about Wakanda and less about the Black Panther himself. And then the Marvels. The Marvels was really confusing to me because I'm like, who the heck are the Marvels? It wasn't until the synopsis came out that it was, oh, that's Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, who's gonna have her own series, we'll have already seen by the time that comes out, and Monica Rambeau from WandaVision. Mm -hmm. Like, the three of them are together, and they are the Marvels. And it was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. That comes out in November of 2022. Uh, Then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is in February of 2023, and we finally have the the movie that's been on this list for the longest actually has a release date now Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out May 5th 2023 it'll be James Gunn's swan song with the Marvel Cinematic Universe cuz that is his last film for them and then he's switching over to DC <laughs> so uh when we were talking before we started uh there is a Christmas special the Christmas special will be coming out b- beforehand but it's it's a totally different thing it is an hour long special that's sort of like the star wars holiday special starring live action starring all the guardians but it's its own standalone uh, i just don't know for disney plus about holiday specials i don't i don't know either but i like but (laughs) i like the fact that uh he uh james gunn tweeted a picture of the the front page of the script and mark hamill we commented i have a bad (laughs) feeling about this
1: (laughs) yes oh yeah
3: I just, uh, yeah, I, (laughs) oh boy, holiday specials. And then just closing out the Marvel chapter, because I know some people are annoyed at hearing all the Marvel stuff. um, uh, Wednesdays are the new Fridays. Uh, Loki will be being released on Wednesdays instead of Fridays now. So we're going to get a couple days early. I don't know exactly why. I'm trying to think from the business perspective. So they get the plus five. I don't know. They can they can crow about their numbers a little bit more because they got two more days to to add them on. But Disney doesn't release numbers, so either
2: that or they're trying to
3: know, get people in the habit. Anyway, happy. Be at home on Wednesdays. Be out in the theaters for the
1: theatrical releases on Fridays.
3: Oh, there you go. I like that. That probably makes the most sense of all of it. Yeah, because uh, when we we talk about this on the on the Marvel Movement live, uh, Shang Chi at the end of that trailer, it says only in theaters right so the premiere access thing is only for black widow so after that they're they're not planning on doing that again interesting for marvel movies
1: yeah so that's that's going to be the thing is like you know how quickly will theaters be able to kind of shift things back into gear to kind of get things open for people yes right
3: we need to get Alamo draft house out of chapter 11 we need to do what we can to save our theaters absolutely absolutely
1: well, speaking of theaters, um, let's talk about some trailers that are going to be. Uh, well, maybe some of these uh, will be playing in theaters. Yes. <laughs> I know one of them won't be, Kyle. But uh, <laughs> so uh, for the trailers, I'm gonna. I I got mine in there first, so I'm going to go first. Um, I picked an interesting story that you know it was one of those trailers that I I watched. I'm like, this looks like it could be really interesting. It also looks like it could end up being really bad. I was like, what is, what is happening with this? Uh, And then I come to find out that, you know, it's, it's a film called Georgetown uh, and it's directed by C. Waltz. As it turns out, it's Christoph Waltz and he's starring in the film. And I'm like, okay, so is this is he just doing that because he didn't want his name like all over the thing and was trying to kind of make it look less like he, it was his big project or something, you know, or, or, or what? Like, I'm very curious about,
0: about this. You ever heard of someone called Ulrich Mott? Weren't you wearing an eye patch the last time we met? An eye patch? I don't think so, no. When may I see you again? You are aware that I'm married. You let me know if anything changes. Please raise your glasses as I marry the bedazzling Mrs. Elsa Bret. Can we speak? No, not on the telephone.
3: That's not prudent. Who are you talking to? Shut your face! There will be time for tears and remembrance.
2: Now there's urgent work to be done.
3: What work? I must find and bring to justice the men who killed your mother and my wife.
2: Why did you leave the house on the night of your wife's death? For a walk. You're late. Do you remember your feelings when you learned that your mother was planning to marry Mont?
0: Shock, horror, disbelief. He looks like he could be my brother. Try to get to know him before you condemn him. She left him $250,000. A few months ago, she disinherited him. Am I under arrest? Not at the present time. My mother gave him money, propped up his so-called career. In exchange, he cooked her meals. They gave her an excuse to keep having Georgetown parties. It was a marriage of mutual exploitation. You are the perfect butler. Is that all you want to be? You no, know it isn't. So, what are you waiting for? Urgent from Ulrich Mott, Villa Zarathustra, Sadr City, Iraq. Authorized the embed of a German national with the Mahdi army? Nobody. Diplomacy is the art of telling people to go to hell in such a way that they ask for directions. <laughs> The more I find out about this guy, the less I understand. Every word he says is a lie. You stink of alcohol. You reek of the grave. To Ulrich and his marvelous achievement.
1: it's based on a, a true story called the worst marriage in Georgetown. It was actually an article in the New York Times uh, magazine and he plays this this guy who's this a uh, social climber I guess you'd say in in the Georgetown area and he falls for this woman, Vanessa Redgrave, this older woman and they get married and Annette Bening is her daughter and she's very curious like why is she marrying this guy? And it turns out that he's kind of marrying her because he wants to get into all of these like political, you know, social things and be kind of somebody. Um, And then you find out that there's actually, you know, an ulterior, it seems like an ulterior motive that Vanessa Redgrave's character has for marrying him as well. And so I was like, okay, so there's some interesting twists in here. It could actually be a pretty twisty film. It could be kind of fun. And then I was like, oh, Christoph Waltz is directing it under C. Waltz instead of using his name. And it's a 5.9 so far on IMDb. I'm like, uh, oh, my my hopes are diminishing, but I can't help be curious about this one. What did you two think?
2: I was thinking the same thing because I was like, C. Waltz. I'm like, IMDb, what do you tell me? Okay, yes, that's what I suspected. It's not a coincidence. It It feels very much like, yes, this is his passion project looking at... What I see in the trailer, I mean, a a great cast. I think it's, yeah, this is an actor's, you know, vehicle of get these people together with a script that's going to be about these performances. There's nothing that, from the way the trailer's cut together, nothing that was really compelling for me to see this story. I'm more interested in maybe reading the article. That may, you know, pique some interest in what this story is about because it's, okay, What's the draw? And for me, it's this this cast. Maybe that's why that's my perception of this trailer, but I'm like, he's directing a film, This he's playing the central character, there's something that he's wanting to bring to the screen in terms of what he feels he can bring to this performance, and just looking at the way it, I thought, okay, Vanessa Redgrave, that character's interesting. I can see the draw, but I don't know together if it's going to make it as, wow, this is a, a great film and a great story. I think it'll have great performances, and that's what my expectations are at, at this point.
3: You know, when I first watched it, I was super excited because I'm like, Crystal Waltz finally got yes. a lead role. <laughs> yes. Like he's been yeah. such the supporting actor for everything. And I was like, oh, it's so great. Oh, cause he cast himself like, uh oh, okay. Well, I, I still handle it, but still, yeah, I had the same kind of action. I, I watched it and I'm like, what is the story exactly? Like it's it's there's so many twists and turns and, and going around, and not in like a mystery thriller kind of way, but in a like really yes. sprawling, like we're not exactly mm-hmm. sure where the focus is supposed to be kind of way. I, I don't know I had it seemed to me that in the, this was the mid two thousands, this would have been an HBO yes. original movie, <laughs> exactly,
1: <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah.
3: You know what I mean? Like it is it like in like recount and like it, it sort of fits in that that sort of thing. Danny Strong would have written the screenplay, you know, like that. That, that kind of is the feel to it. I don't know if it's going to be enough of a story to carry an entire big movie, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, like I say, like you was saying, it does look interesting. Yeah, yeah. Whether interesting means good or not, that's we don't know. The, right, but. that's the
1: question. Well, I guess we'll find out soon because it's going to have a limited theatrical release starting next week. And then on May 18th, it goes to a Video On Demand. So one way or another, we'll be able to check it out right quick. So there you go. All right, next up, Steve.
2: Yes, I got my trailer in second. And you won't see this on the big screen because it's a Netflix special, right? Uh, Netflix original, I should say. And this is, uh, it reminded me of a film from the late 90s. Uh what was that with Kyle MacLachlan, the trigger effect, right? I don't know if either of you guys saw that movie, right? Oh, where, yes. where it's like I, the, such I a great did, movie. Where I don't it's remember basically it, though, the power yeah. goes yeah. out and society in this like, you know, sort of more rural town crumbles because it's like the power's out and he's gotta go to the pharmacy to get his daughter's medication with the powers yeah, right, out and it's right, like a right. fight breaks out and it's like looting and it's like without you know electricity you know we disintegrate as a civilization so watching this trailer i thought oh i see elements of that here it's a little bit of a twist though mm-hmm. that happens a little bit further into the trailer because this is this is called awake and there's a devastating global event that wipes out all electronics so like, okay, that's, we, you know, we see that there's a car crash and the police officer's like, you know, there's the power's out, you know, even in cars. So I thought, okay, this is, you know, let's remove advanced technology from people. What happens? But then they add another factor, which is now people have lost the ability to sleep. And so in the trailer, we get sort of a little breakdown of the phases of sleep deprivation and, and what that does to people. And so now we've got a ticking clock of, we've got to figure out a way to survive, to solve this. Otherwise, you know humanity is doomed but then we find out that our, our one of our main characters here a little girl somehow ha- is able to sleep
0: why don't you get some sleep I'm not tired Look at all the shooting stars
2: those are satellites Noah Hello?
0: I don't know what the hell happened. Power's out everywhere. Cars, too.
3: 15 hours ago, something happened. We don't know what caused it or why it occurred. But what we do know is that none of us can sleep. After 48 hours of no sleep, there's a loss of critical thinking. It's gonna be total chaos. Get in.
0: But what about after five or six days? We're all gonna die if we don't solve this. Let's
2: go, let's go, right now! I'm coming! Hands up, get out! Don't shoot! Hands up! Don't shoot! Hands up! I can sleep. I can sleep.
3: To get your daughter to Murphy. She could be key.
0: We should sacrifice her. She's my daughter, and she's coming with me. You be strong, okay? We're not giving up. No one is attacking us! Our survival depends on her.
3: Let's get to work.
2: So now it's. Sort of reminded me of uh *Children of Men*, of like we've got this, you know, valuable person that people, you know, want. So wh- where is this going? That seems like a lot of stuff woven in here, but somehow the trailer held it all together for me in this. And if it, it's very much this genre that, like, late on a Friday evening or Saturday night, I, I look for these sort of like little sci-fi twists you know, movies where it's not big effects, but it's an interesting concept that, you know, maybe came out of some science fiction, you know, pulp novel or short story of like, okay, let's see where this goes. What, what goes on with these characters? So that's what drew me to this uh, trailer coming to Netflix on June 9th. um, It's got, you know, there's some familiar faces in here. Uh, Barry Pepper, who somehow is, you know, Shows up every every once in a while. I think the last thing I saw him. Hey, he's on the Green Mile, <laughs> yes. which we're talking about. I was going to say, he was in week. Green Mile. Yeah. And he was in that alligator one. What was that one that just, yeah. So, yeah. Got, yes. so, so did that
1: in our Aquatic Killers series. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, good to see him in here in this. It's all going in there. Jennifer Jason Lee is in this. Um, so, I was trying to, I hadn't heard of this director, Mark Rosso, Raso. I don't know. Uh, so, I was like, who is this guy? And I thought, okay, what what's he done? And he did a movie. This is, again, we're in this era of, you know, movies sometimes show up, disappear. Uh, He directed a little film a few years ago called uh, Kodachrome that has, like, Ed Harris and Jason Sudeikis and uh, a story of a father and son on the road. I was like, I don't even remember hearing about this movie back in 2017. Oh, and also Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, But it's one of these films I thought, it's one of these, like, straight to video things. But I'm like, what a great cast. So clearly... After Kodachrome, you know, this is his next project, able to, you know, work on a project that had that cast to it. So that gives me hope for Awake that it's going to be a competently structured film, because that's always my fear with these sort of sci-fi things of, oh, it's somebody's, you know, it's a fun little project, but genre films sometimes become a little throwaway. So I'm hoping this to be better than Bird Box. (laughs) Uh, what, what What did you guys think of this trailer?
1: I I love the look of it. I I there's something really interesting about the concept of the story and yeah, I really did kind of go into the children of men vibe with it, especially when the girl says I can I can sleep and and like that whole thing. I felt like it was pulling from that world. Maybe a little too much. I you know, it it could work. I I think the thing that I found really interesting about the concept is that it's not like people are awake and they're just awake. It's like you're awake, but it's, you're, you're going to lose your mind because you, and so, I mean, eventually society will just fall apart and everyone will die very quickly, I would think, because you're not going to be able to stand it. And you have that group of like a bunch of naked people standing on the field. Like, I I think there, there are setups in here for some really interesting um, ways to kind of deal with that so i I, i'm curious about it and shamir anderson's in it and you know we just talked about him on stowaway on a on a a film board episode a, a few weeks ago so it's great seeing him in something else so soon uh i'm curious i'm very curious about this one
3: i love gina rodriguez so i'm happy that she gets to be a lead in a movie especially like a big netflix you know, this is like a top-of-the-line thing now, um, uh, but I'm I'm super worried about this because it just seems like it's uh, a tour of all the cliches of end-of-the-world stuff. So, I mean, as they yes. go through, it's just yes. ticking them off. It's like, oh, overzealous cops. There's the religious cult. There's, I mean, so like, oh man, I hope there's something new and different in this, and it's not just playing the same notes over and over again. But it does have a nice, stylish look to it. So I mean, like, I, I will give them that. Like, it does. It does. Like, Birdbox actually came. I was thinking of the exact same thing when so i saw am like this is a little like in that it's the same thing but uh, we'll see yeah i have high hopes but i don't think it's not gonna be top of my list until i hear different
2: well june 9th it'll be there in your netflix queue just waiting for you to watch it
1: speaking of netflix kyle what's your trailer yeah. i had a hard time picking a trailer <laughs> this
3: week uh i watched the trailers for a bunch of movies that i am never going to watch uh so i, I tried to find something that it would i actually would and then t- uh just before we sort of went on the air i i found stranger things season four
0: Good morning, children. Good morning, Papa. How are you today? Good, Papa. Good. I'm glad to hear it because today I have something very
3: special planned for you. 11. Are you listening? Uh, it's, it's amazing, i was a, I'm a big Stranger Things fan, and I had almost forgotten it existed, and then I started watching trailer. and I'm like, oh right, Stranger oh. Things, that was the biggest thing on television for a, a <laughs> while, and then I just hadn't, like, for all of everything that happened in the last five years, by which I mean last year, uh, It's just like completely flipped my mind that it even existed. And then we go, oh, right, that was a huge thing. So this is interesting because it looks like they're going back and telling some earlier stories. Like I thought they would be just going forward, but it seems like we're going to be having a lot more flashback because the trailer is just about Eleven's time in the. I don't even know what the, the name of it was anymore, but like the Institute, whatever it is that they, uh, where they use to experiment on people. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Are you guys uh, Stranger Things fans?
2: Yes. And it's it's funny that you say, you know, oh, so much has happened the past five years, because it was five years ago this July that, that Stranger Things premiered on Netflix. Oh, wow. way back okay. in 2016. Oh, man. It's a different you know, world. <laughs> which seems, yes. Well, we've seen these, we've seen that cast grow up in all the other projects they've, they've done since right, yeah, then. Including so, Godzilla
3: vs. Kong. Right.
2: Yes. And so I'm curious when you're going to, when, you, when you're working with kids that are growing up and maturing, and then you're going to say season four, oh, we're going to go back in time. So how are you, how are you recasting those roles? Or again, is this just sort of a, a deception of, well, we're going to have a story that's moving forward with those characters, but we're also going to go back to maybe the, the history and there'll be a connection to that. And it may not be revisiting those characters, but just again, the Institute, although there is, you know, you know, 11 is is present, you know, in that little bit we get to see in the trailer. So I'm really curious if this is, you know, we're going to see a projection, you know, how, how they're going to manage that. But I'm all on board for anything Strangers Things. I will just, yeah, go for it.
1: I, I didn't watch season three for the longest time because I really didn't care for season two. And then finally, my daughter, who plowed through all of them twice when she got to season three again she's like you just have to and i'm like all right fine and i loved it season three was great so i'm very excited for season four uh, my understanding is that um while yeah the the this teaser really kind of plays up with a lot of the past and i think these kids i mean we're seeing a lot of kids at the beginning who are so young that i'm assuming if they are showing uh 11 that it will be uh, somebody else that they will have playing her um, but I, I know that we're seeing Hopper in Russia, like he's, he's over there. So I know that we're going to see some, definitely some present stuff. So I'm really curious. And just the fact that, uh, you know, we have, uh, I mean, so many people from the cast returning and Robert England. it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about where they're going with this. So, um, I,
3: yeah, I'm all in. It's this year. Did do they, was there, a, there wasn't a date at the end of the trailer. Is they have they actually said when it's coming out? I couldn't find anything.
1: Uh no, I think it's all still D V D. Okay. Well, we are moving on and now we are gonna go through our list. This let's see how we did on <laughs> yeah. this nightmare of a list. Thanks a oh lot, Pete, gosh. for yeah. his rage choice. <laughs> He really apparently yeah. hates the uh, the the. It's not really the flashbacks. It's it's the it's the bookends it's, it's at the, the book beginning end. and end of yeah. the Green book Mile ends, with the old the, man, and then he goes back, yeah. and the bulk of the movie is we're remembering yeah. when he was yeah. young, aka Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to do what we're calling misguided bookend flashbacks, which is a misguided title. It really is misguided bookends, yeah. I guess. Now, I had a hell of a time with this list. I don't know how you two did. So mine aren't great.
3: Um, And I was referencing, you know. I'm worried that this is going to be a lot of steals because I I don't think there's a lot of ones out there. Yeah, we'll see. Well, and that
2: was the, the challenge of it's like, oh, how many movies are structured this way that it's like the beginning and end take place at this point in time and the middle stuff is a flashback. And then to say within that, List of movies. Which ones do a yeah, bad right, job right. of it? Yeah. Come on, Pete. and then which yeah. ones are
3: uh, are the other yeah. people in? you going to pick, pick and so you'll pick, pick them exactly and, uh, yeah. right. Yeah.
1: Very yeah. tricky list. Um, and I was referencing the yeah. TV Trope's website a lot uh, because they have yeah. all well, sorts yeah. of fantastic um types right. of flashbacks that they were using like the framing device things yeah. like that that how we mm-hmm. got here and so i was kind of using those as reference and uh, unfortunately i haven't seen a lot of the ones they were talking about and and uh, but i'm starting us off with one and honestly i hit a point where i'm like you know what i'm i'm going to use some things where if even if they started in one place or like a how we got here beginning where you it starts one way and then it gets to that point like you know, almost at the end of the movie, and you see it's that how we got here thing. I'm okay with just doing that. And so that's where I'm going to kick us off with Carlito's Way, which was uh, Brian De Palma's film from 93, which is a fantastic film. I really loved it. It's about a uh, a convict who is trying to be clean, but everything is pressuring him to go back into the business and pull him back in, you know, just like uh, Pacino seems to always end up doing. Um fantastic film. Al Pacino and Sean Penn were great in it. But the film starts off with him shot and he's he's, you know, Penelope Ann Miller is crying and everything and and he's being wheeled on a stretcher through the hospital and you hear his voiceover kicking in kind of describing like, you know, how awful it is and all this. And then you cut back to the beginning of how, you know, all of this happened in his life. And and then you get all the way to that point at the end. And it's it's a very frustrating open because I feel like it takes so much punch out of the movie when it starts that way. And so I actually did an experiment with my wife. When I showed it to her, I actually started it after that whole thing, and we watched the movie. And then I said, okay, now let's go back and watch the beginning of the movie. And she was just like, I can't believe that they did this. It was just ridiculous. And so, uh, yeah, so that's my first pick, Carlito's Way. Such a misguided bookend <laughs>
2: flashback ending. <name. laughs> so I yeah I struggle with this as well. So I was I w- was trying to find you know, sort of that that bookend and the, the first movie that came to mind. It's I would say this is I think one criticism of this movie of structuring it this way. Uh, of starting with a the moment, then going back, and then sort of getting to the foregone conclusion that we know we're going to get to, and it's I think oftentimes people will say, "Oh, when you set it up this way, uh, it's because you you know your plot is weak, and so you've got to create some artificial tension of like, well, how is how how is it we're going to get to this point?" So mine starts off with a confrontation between two men, and one man getting shot by the other, and then we then flash back four years earlier to see Humbert Humbert and Stanley Kubrick's Lolita going through his little depraved journey which ends with him share, shooting Peter Sellers' character Claire Quilty at the end of Lolita. So we've got that murder at the beginning and end in the flashback in the middle. Right.
1: Right. I was I was tempted to put that one on there um uh, because I thought that was an interesting flashback but i was also like that was just on like a couple weeks ago but
3: honestly on this list it's like who who cares i, don't, I didn't even
1: <laughs> exactly
3: so my uh first one that, that, that came to me was a movie that had everything going for it it had uh, you know a great screenwriting team great director great stars uh and uh, and that, and a huge budget behind it, and yet it managed to fail at just about everything that it tried to do and is now largely forgotten. Uh, from the far-off year of 2013, it's The Lone Ranger. Oh. Because that movie actually has Johnny Depp as an old, old Tonto telling the story of The Lone Ranger to a kid who wanders into his museum zoo thing. <laughs> I, I don't uh, Yeah, it's uh, this actually came up because they there was an interview recently with Gore Verbinski asking him about that that movie in particular, and so it brought it back up to mind. Uh, and that's all the thought you should have towards it, people. (laughs) You really don't need to go back. It's it's fine, it's but now watching it, knowing Arnie Hammer, knowing Johnny Depp, and uh, also the the whole cultural approbation thing yeah it didn't it has not it was not good then and it has not aged any better
1: yeah there were a lot of odd choices when yes. they went into
3: production on that one let's just the let's just article i read was about hey were there ever werewolves in it because apparently that was the thing that was going around <laughs> because that's why he carried the silver bullets oh. was oh, to, oh, shoot to shoot, shoot werewolves. werewolves Oh my werewolves. gosh! wow yeah and apparently there was a draft of it of the oh many many goodness. drafts of that movie before it actually got to the yeah. screen, there was a werewolf, that, draft. and that's what
1: happens when the things go through so many drafts. They leave these little bits and yeah. pieces in the script, and then all of a sudden, you have these things that make no sense. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next up for me, it's a very recent film. In fact, it just had an Oscar nomination this year. Uh, it was Andrew Day who was playing Billy Holiday. It's the United States versus Billy Holiday. You know, it's not a perfect example of this at all, but the the flashback structure that we have here was just really annoying and very poorly written. It starts off with Billy going in to do uh, like a radio interview, and it's the whole thing just kind of plays like I don't know. It's very weird the way that they're it's it's just written poorly. This was not a great example overall of a biopic. And the fact that Lee Daniels chose to use this structure, well, it's technically the writer, Susan Laurie Parks, who who wrote it this way, that had this structure where she's being interviewed by uh, Reginald Lord Divine. And it just, it came across in this really awkward way that just, I don't know, it just felt so unnecessary and, and just kind of lame. And so it was a very frustrating um, experience for me. And so that's my second pick, The United States versus Billy Holiday. All right.
2: So you guys remember way back in the 80s? Late, okay, the late 80s. Remember when like Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan were a thing? I don't know if you ever saw a little film called DOA, which is a remake of the <laughs> 1949 <laughs> film noir uh, that starts with, I was murdered! Uh, or I want to report a murder. Who was murdered? I was. And then begins the flashback into the life of Professor Dexter Cornell uh, to tell the story that results in him being poisoned and ultimately his murder. And as he's trying to, of course, you know, solve his murder and, and all of that, Um I remember, this is one of these things where seeing a film as a as a teenager and being like, "Wow, this is really clever," and then you know, seeing it later on, and going, "This is borrowing so many tropes. This has been done before." Uh, yeah, not as clever. And and don't please don't try to remake a, a classic noir film. So <laughs> that's my second pick: the nineteen eighty eight version of DoA.
3: I remember really liking that at the time but I saw it yes. when it came yeah. out so back in yes. the, back in the 80s. Uh, and was the original noir also called DOA? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I see I might yep. have ch- I didn't even know that it was a remake. Does so he super glue his out.
1: hand to hers in the original?
3: <laughs> that's like that's the one thing <laughs> I really remember.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly.
3: <laughs> All right, Kyle, next pick. All right, so I'm also going back to the 80s uh, for mine. So uh, Success is hard to find in Hollywood, and so when you uh, finally get a hit, you you definitely want to make a sequel. So you've got a fantastic young cast of these uh, handsome actors. Uh, You've got the people love it. So obviously the first thing you want to do when you make a sequel is slather as much latex onto your lead actor as possible and have him as his old self during the story. Of course, I'm talking about Young Guns 2. Oh. Because it has Emilio Estevez as old Billy the Not-A-Kid anymore <laughs> oh. telling the story of what happened in Young Guns 2. It's such a weird choice. I don't
1: remember that at all. I know I saw yeah. the movie, because I was totally into the Young Guns movies Yeah, at the I time, don't
3: remember but. that at all, yeah.
2: either.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> One of those things that you just think about them, uh, you know, time Phillips and him just riding the range. But no, there's a... Oh. Horribly made up. I mean, the rest of you know, doing the yeah, Oy. old man Oy.
1: voice. I remember, is that the one where Charlie Sheen's character dies? Or is that the first one? It was the I second one, right? I think he dies in the first okay. one. Well, yeah. Just the, his death scene. I, it was pretty laughable, but you know, it's still, I still loved it. So what, what are you going to do? All right. For my final pick, I couldn't do a list about a movie that has a magical Negro in it without having my one of my picks also be a movie with a magical negro in it it is of course robert redford's film from 2000 the legend of bagger vance bagger vance and yeah also. it's you know it's it's not a yeah. bad film it's pretty slow and i'm not a golfer so i don't get into stories about golf that much um but i mean yeah the magical negro thing certainly is an issue with this particular film and, um, and the way the film begins is you have the old Matt Damon character played by Jack Lemon. He's out um, having a heart attack playing golf and he uh, is talking to, I don't know, talking to somebody I can't remember, or maybe it's his voiceover. I can't remember, but he's, and then he's kind of going through this whole thing. And then he remembers all of this stuff with his life. And then you flash back to him at the end and it's him. He wakes up. And Bagger Vance is there. And he's as young as he was back when they were young together. And he beckons in, of course, he follows. Because now he's dead. And that's the end of the film. And it's just, you know... Spoilers, <laughs> <There's Andy. laughs> It's not that great of a movie. You're not missing out if you haven't seen it. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those movies. I was like, gosh, I just... I don't know. I really don't care for it that much. And And that whole framing structure is exactly what... Pete was cl- complaining about with the green mile. So yeah. there it is. The legend of Bagger Vance.
2: All right. So my list was short. So this is, this is a film that I saw. Oh gosh, probably on network TV. I remember watching it with my dad and it's, you know, being at that age of maybe like 11 or 12, where you're just starting to like outgrow kids movies. And so here was something that was pretty long movie. Uh, lot of history in it but it was something about it that just was really compelling to me but unfortunately it picks this weird sort of framing structure and i think some some pretty bad old age makeup you know for and you know given the time it was made back in 1970 uh maybe it's a little bit forgivable but when you you cast you know a mid-30s-something, Dustin Hoffman to play a 121-year-old last sole survivor of the Battle of Little Bighorn (laughs) in Little Big Man. Uh, Yeah, sure, it sets up like he's got an important story to tell, but I don't know that you needed that, whereas you could have just told the story and show him being the survivor through all the things he goes through to have this interview set up. The movie could do without it, because all the fun stuff is really his whole Story starting in 1859 when he and his sister, you know, survives you know, an an Indian attack and all the adventures that he has along the way. It's a movie that I just have this soft spot for in my heart. My wife cannot stand the movie. (laughs) I don't know why, but it's one that, yeah, when I thought of odd sort of framing structures, uh, this was one that came to mind. But it's, again, I don't think it's a bad movie, uh, but... Like poor, poor use I,
1: and device. actually, that's one where I, I think it's a good movie, and I didn't mind the device usage, but I can see people okay. complaining about it.
3: Yeah, I had that on, on my list of bonus ones, too, because so I was thinking of two. Okay. What is it about westerns? That's three westerns yeah. on this yes, list. Yes,
1: exactly. Yes.
3: Did you ever hear the story of uh, Sir John and ta- giving acting advice to Dustin Hoffman about Little Big Man?
2: Oh, yes, because it's where he... No, no, no. That I thought that was... Um... Olivier, oh, was it uh, Lawrence was it Olivier, Lawrence Olivier, an yeah, marathon, marathon yeah. man, where he, where he's like screaming, oh and, yeah, yeah, that was you know, it. and he's like, yeah.
1: my dear boy, yeah. it's
2: yeah. called acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. have you
3: tried acting?
1: Acting, yes. All right, Kyle, final pick.
3: All right, so mine is a little bit different because this is actually a pretty good movie, and the frame sequence kind of works. But for me, the framing sequence is. Way more interesting than the actual movie, and so it, it imbalances it. So, uh, it's a, it's a horror comedy movie from 2009 called Jennifer's Body, mm. uh, written by Diablo Cody. Uh, this is interesting because it, it sort of has Amanda Seifert as the best friend of Megan Fox, uh, Jennifer, uh, telling the story in an insane asylum, and at the end, you find out that. She now also has powers, and she 's in an insane asylum, i 'm like well that 's the movie like why aren't you telling that story like they get to the end and and, it, and the credits roll, and I'm like, no, no no, you just got to the good stuff so yeah it's the movies it's, you know a, a decent movie, but like that seemed to me like they completely missed the 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 forest for the trees there
1: that's when i i, I still want to check out i'm curious about that one so but i haven't seen it but that's now i'm gonna have to so, Well, spoilers, well, I'll, but... yeah i'll have to be thinking <laughs> about that now when i watch it so that's funny yeah all right well those are our picks it was a rough one <laughs> aye, aye, aye. all right so next week we are closing our stephen king a la Darabont series with their final uh collaborative work together it is the mist from 2007 it's a great horror film i really enjoy it yes What do you two want to put on the list for next week?
3: The the original short story of the mist has a very different ending. So I think it'd be interesting to see um, adaptations where they change the end. Okay. I love it. And I
2: see that we don't know who's doing the sat Matt next week if pete's going to be on the set, mat can we make that misguided <laughs> use of changes to the ending
1: i <laughs> like your thinking
3: yeah. i say
2: whenever pete's on the list you know we just add misguided into any of the <laughs> right. picks so and, that, if, you and know, if
3: you know the hands were spinning podcasting tommy's gonna be on then we need to have swarms on there too oh yes <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> he would love talking no. about that absolutely
1: <laughs> what do you think steve
2: for some reason i i know i was drawn to and i can't You know the hiding out in a store Hmm. because there's something about the dynamics that I—that's one of the the memorable pieces of this movie for me is that dynamic of confined in a space and the challenges of of storytelling and how well so so Pete misguided uses of hiding out (laughs) in a store. No,
3: no just, just hiding out in the right. store. I, so I think, I yes. think, I think that that's can... a great one because I already have my three. <laughs> wow. That's... Like you said it, and I was like, what <laughs> movies are... Uh, hide,
2: oh, I yeah. got it. Hiding yeah, out it's a store. So I'm yeah. ready to go. No, there's, there's some, there's there some are, good fan that I think. That you, yeah, uh, well, yeah. you
1: know, I, I have to put uh, Lost in the Fog or Lost in the Mist. I, I think that that's such a okay. fantastic... Mm. Yeah. Mm uh element that creates such an interesting visual in film and i've seen it in in a variety of types of films obviously works well in horror but i mean it's it's all over the map as far as what you can do with it so i think that will be an interesting one so lost in the fog or the mist all right so we'll put those up on the show talk channel over on discord for everybody you can go up in and get your vote if you want to get into the show talk channel what you need to do is you need to become a member. You need to go to the slash membership and become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts. For just a buck a month, you can become a one wheeler, join our online community in our Discord server, and then for a few dollars more a month, you can become a 2 wheeler supporter, and you can join us for live streams as we record, early access to shows in your very own feed. And you know what? We're doing a lot of, like, uh, member bonus episodes too so you get all sorts of extra episodes that only members can hear and of course last but not least letterboxd if you're a fan of letterboxd they have a discount now uh, for anyone listening to the next reel you just go to slash letterboxd you can upgrade your account to pro or patron with a 20 percent off discount it also works for renewals all right thanks everybody have a great uh, rest of your day and uh, we'll see you next time enough said Ando.